Testing, testing, one, two, three, ten to Yuma. 22 robberies. Over $400,000 in losses. More in delays. The Southern Pacific will have Ben Wade convicted in a federal court. Hanged in public. An example made. And we will pay to make it happen. Y'all notice he didn't mention any of the lives I've taken. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Two 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 um, Two Cheap Seat Reviews. I'm not using my lower. This is my normal voice. No, uh, Cheap Seat Reviews, <laughs> the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. For the greater... <laughs> okay. <laughs> you're kind of weirding me out by not saying good. Um, <laughs> either your internet freaked out or you're just being an asshole. I am... Yeah. This is episode... I, what would you take bets on? Honestly, the internet, actually. Um, oh, really? We've been having issues. I mean, I know you're always an asshole, but you, our internet's been weird the last few uh, episodes. <laughs> uh, this is episode... I just realized I have a note in my my script here that hasn't been necessarily in probably 50 episodes. Okay. Nice. This is episode 211, and tonight we're talking about 310 to Yuma. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew, I hate posses, Jimison. <laughs> oh, do I know? <laughs> uh, I, I think so. I don't know. Uh, uh, Corny will not be joining us tonight. He has things he's doing. So he's, he's tired. He's tired. Yeah, we don't want to have another repeat of what happened last week. <laughs> or do we? I don't know. It's probably going to be one of our most uh, um, popular podcasts because should, of that. I should see. I if don't we... know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, of course you don't. You of weren't course. awake for it. <laughs> <laughs> I should see if that episode is more it has more downloads than normal. I should check that out. And Sam, weird how the lawmen were bad and the bad guy was good, Vector. But there were some bad guys that were bad as well. That's true. So I think pretty much everybody was bad except for the farmer. And his kid. And his kid. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty much And Alan Tudyk. Oh, yeah, and the doc. The doc. Those were like the only two genuinely good people. Uh, and the marshal, what got shot at the beginning. At the beginning, yeah. but. I mean, even the wife would have jumped Russell Crowe's bones. You think? I think. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I would have. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's pull up a comfy chair and dive into this. So, this is 310 to Yuma. Uh, this is a movie that came out 
a long time ago. Uh, been out eleven years, and when it came out, I thought, "Ooh, that looks cool! I want to watch it." And I finally did today. Um, wow! All these years later, and boy, am I glad I did. <laughs> I am see so right? glad I did. Oh my gosh, this movie just made me happy in all the right places. Um, <laughs> And I and I mean every innuendo you can get from that. Andrew, are you seriously just gonna hold your microphone? <laughs> hey, I'm just, you sound great. So I mean, just whatever. I just I don't want your arm to get tired. And like halfway through the show, I just hear this blank, you know, this bang as you dropped your microphone. My arm gets plenty of exercise. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it does. It's because you don't like posse. Yeah. <laughs> Where is this show going right oh now? Oh my gosh! No one listens. It's fine. It's like yeah. remember in um major, not major, yeah, major league baseball where it had uh, Bob Euchre was the, uh, the the announcer guy, and he's like, "Well, that was shit." And he's like, "You can't say shit in the radio." He's like, "It doesn't matter. It's no one's listening." It's the same thing with the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bit outside. Anyway, um. That was my favorite part of those movies. Uh, yeah, three ten to Yuma. Um, yep, so, man. I well, first I guess we need to know what is three ten to Yuma again. I, I guess last week I didn't realize this; I had no clue that this is a remake. So I guess I should have said, "Hey guys, make sure we watch the two thousand seven version, not the nineteen fifty seven version." Oh man, um, yeah. So, no, I, uh, I, watched I, I didn't think anyone did that, no. but you know, just. Just in case someone's listening, it's a little confused. Uh, so, Andrew, what is 310 to Yuma? A small-time rancher agrees to hold captured outlaw who's awaiting a train to go to court in Yuma. That's a mouthful. A battle of wheels ensues as the outlaw tries to psych out the rancher. <laughs> really? Is that what it says? I... Psych out the rancher? No. That's... It does say that. Poorly that's written. that's horrible. That's terrible. It's very poorly written. That yeah. sucks. Psych out. He's not trying to psych him out. He's just trying to get no. away. That's lame. At, at no point is he psyching him out. No. Let's try this one. An honest, hardworking farmer agrees to assist in escorting an outlaw to a distant town in exchange for money to pay off his debt and start a new life. Much better. Oh, there yeah. That actually. Better. Yeah, sure. I'm yeah. I'm good with that. Um. So yeah, this is uh, yeah three ten Yuma. You got your Christian Bale, so you got your Batman. You got your Russell Crowe, who I'm, he, he's the father of um, Superman. Um, yeah. So you got your DC on DC action here. You've got Ben Foster, who was Angel in the really bad third X Men movie. Um, that's where I've seen him. I could not remember for the life of me. Well, we watched him in Hostage, where he was the psycho killer kid that took yeah. over the house, whatever, with the Bruce Willis and the things. Uh, you got your Logan Lerman, who I'm pretty sure he's the only thing that he's done for that, like that, would be um, Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief. Yeah. Uh, of course, you've got your Alan Tudyk. Yes, uh, I, our, I I forgot he was in this movie, and I was very excited. I to was, see him. I did too. I I had no idea, and all of a sudden he shows up, and I'm like, "Wash, you're a leaf on the wind." Um, and he looks different in this movie. Oh, he, like it's it's him, but it's like 
I don't know. There's something weird about him. Here's something kind of weird about him. I don't know. There's Same thing with the the angel guy. He just looked. Well, he just had all that oh, facial hair and crazy. just looked dirty and made him, I mean, oh. he plays a great bad guy, doesn't he? Yes, he does. Oh, he plays such a good bad guy. And there were some other uh, really cool connections. You know, Peter Fonda's in this movie, and uh, you had the dude. Um, he died early, but I can't find his real name or his character name. But he was. Um, he played the Blob in X in Wolverine Origin. Clint Eastwood. Um, stop it. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Ooh, that was weird. Um. Anyway, this. Well, I mean, well, we'll get to it. But I, I thought the casting of was superb. In Kevin. This movie. Kevin Durant. All the way around. That's him, Kevin Durant, who's actually played in another Russell Crowe movie. He played Little John in um, the Robin Hood movie. Yeah, didn't he have like a famous brother that they they were in a group together, singing group? <laughs> Duran, Duran. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I wish that was true. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's hysterical. I love it. Um, I like it. Well, Frequently <laughs> co-stars with Russell Crowe and Hugh Jackman. That's part of his trivia. Huh. Um. Okay. So anyway, um, sorry, I was reading his bio. He's six six. Good lord, he's huge. Um, and he was such an asshole. He plays an asshole really great. And I had zero emotions when he died in the horrible way that he died. I was like, nah. which one? Which? Who was that? He was the first one of the group to die. He was the oh, asshole. The, the, the fork to the throat. Yes. Yeah, he was the asshole. What burned Christian Bale's barn? Yeah. And he um he was a bad guy in Lost, and uh, that's where I I first learned oh, about okay. him, and I couldn't stand him in that. So first time I saw him was he was the bad guy in Legion. Mm. Where it's the second coming of the Christ or something. He played the angel something, and he had to fight Paul. Oh Bennett. yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it was an okay movie. He um, had the teeth. Yeah, he's and he has a really weird accent. Kind of weirds me out, but. The one thing that I'll find, and we're all going to do our intros here in a little bit, but I, yeah. in my in my nickname for you, Sam, when I mentioned that Uh-oh. the bad guy was a good guy, is yes. there's a moment, and I don't know when it is, and I want to go back and actually watch the movie to see, because there's a moment in which Russell Crowe kind of becomes Christian Bale's friend. Because if yeah. you think back to when he killed him, Christian Bale says, you could have killed me or... The other guy, why'd you kill him? He said, he burned your barn. It wasn't for anything else. He said, it's because he burned your barn and he deserved it. Wait, 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 wait. Wasn't it because he was singing the crazy song? Yeah, he was singing the song and he was annoying him. But, like, I don't I don't think that was why. He says, oh, okay. he burned your barn. He deserved it. And he's like, that's when Christian Bale says, wishing a man dead and doing it's another thing. And that's why he's like, your conscience is the worst part about you or something like that. Um, and their dialogue back and forth was great. I loved their dialogue oh, back and yes. forth. It was so good. It was so clever and well-written. And <sighs> let's talk about the director, James Mangold. This is the guy that would direct Logan. Yeah. And um, I I can totally see it now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Um, oh, he did Walk the Line. I didn't know that. Um He's done some really good movies. He's doing what? 
He's directing the new Boba Fett project. Really? Yeah. I do well, remember. I do remember hearing about this and um, from a different podcast, and they were saying that they hope that Star Wars will have the balls to do a rated R Logan type movie with Boba <laughs> Fett. Um, but it's Disney. So Disney owns mm. Marvel, and Marvel produced Deadpool. No, not Deadpool. Marvel produced um, Disney owns Marvel, and they produced um, Logan. Damn it, that's not him either. You're right. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, if I remember right, when they bought Fox or whatever that they, was, they haven't done that yet. That deal yet. So, well, that was one of the contentions things. You know, are we, we going to lose the impact of Deadpool being in rated R because of now? Well, will Disney put out a movie like Deadpool? Yeah, I don't think they would. I don't think they would. They, they'd have to figure out a different. I don't know. They wouldn't obviously sell the property, but I don't think you'd see a Disney logo at the beginning. Well, again, th- that that deal hasn't gone through yet. Um, Columbia Pictures has come in as a second bidder, and they might end up owning Fox yeah. Studios. Um, I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. I guess the hardest thing we've ever seen from Disney, as far as the Marvel goes, is what's on Netflix. Yeah, and like the Punisher, that's borderline R. That is that. Well, if it was in the movies, it'd be R. Same thing with the, the first Jessica Jones, I would think. And the first Daredevil. Yeah. I mean, the freaking Kingpin beats a guy to death with a car door. Door. <laughs> God, that seems so great. Um, anyway, so, yeah. okay. so yeah. this movie. So let's go back to this movie real quick. Again, I was uh, really impressed with um, the director and how he did everything, and it just looked great. So uh, I just... Uh, yeah, uh, so uh, I guess, Andrew, if you'll kind of give me your uh, initial thoughts on this movie, sir. Okay. I, um... <laughs> I thought he was going to end it there, too. Okay. To, too. <laughs> Sorry, you can't see me, but I'm leaning over here to get oh, to my yeah. microphone. That's right, Andrew, just like that. I know. Uh, anyway, like you, when the movie came out in 2007, I saw the preview and I thought, man, I want to see that. It looks really good. And it has literally been on my to-watch list for the past 11 years. <laughs> Excuse me. So I, I wanted to enjoy it as I was watching it, and I, I did. I, I thought that it was well done for the most part. I think there's some sometimes where you have to kind of suspend your belief for a minute and just kind of go with it. Um <clears throat> Like you said, I think the actors did a great job and the dialogue was wonderful. Um, I I don't know if you guys are the same way, but I kind of felt like the antagonists, the bad guys, were a little more believable in the movie than, the I guess, whoever the good guys were. Uh, or it was easier to believe them as the characters they were trying to portray. I don't know. Um the uh, I felt like this was a classic Western done in today's time, which is not the easiest thing to do, but I think they pulled it off pretty nicely. And I want to believe that the Old West was really like this. I would have never wanted to live there right? And yeah. at that time, but I really want to believe that it was just like this. Now, it probably wasn't, but wasn't maybe as brutal, but uh, if it were 
Wow. What a, I mean, if you survived, uh, <laughs> you were hardened. Right. Yeah. You. <laughs> so, it, you know, I didn't really find any big problems. I wish the ending would have, I, I don't know. There was something about the ending that I didn't, didn't like, not the fact that I think everybody should live and the, you know, uh, the main character, Christian Bale's character, should live by any means because I'm kind of in the same boat as Corny. I don't really care for him as an actor, but I don't think he did a bad job in this. Um, but I don't know. There was just something about the ending I didn't really appreciate. I felt like it was kind of... It, I know that it wasn't done as an, an afterthought, but I feel like it sort of... It just felt that way to me. Hmm, okay. okay. Uh, Sam. Um, I actually, I saw this movie, I think when it came out on DVD a while ago, definitely was on my two C list. I love these types of Westerns and, uh, I was not disappointed then. And I'm, I'm so glad we were able to find it now because it's still just as good. This is up there with movies like true grit, the, the remake. Um, I, I guess they should keep making these, these, uh, Western remakes, um, because I'm really liking them. Um, of course they come out what every 10 years to get a good one. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, cause Magnificent seven wasn't all that great. But anyway, um, well, I, this movie, you could watch this movie on so many different levels. Um, this time I watch it and I kind of focused really on the two main characters. You got Christian Bale and, uh, Wolverine there. Or not Wolverine, um, Harrison Ford. Ah, what's his name? Russell um, Crowe. Russell Crowe, thank you. And um, in terms of father figures, and especially to the son, and this was the first time I realized, and I guess I missed it the first time around, that Christian Bale's um, character is, is a failure and ev- at everything he does. And if you think about it, he kind of failed at the very end if, and if it wasn't for uh mr uh russell crowe he still would have failed to uh to get it done um but he wanted at least something that his son could see to be proud of and and maybe it's because i'm a father now or maybe because i've got kids i i totally related to that on on this level um because i've been there you know when my business didn't do well i i was right there and i i know how he feels and and how I want my kids to feel about me. And, um, you know, as a father, you want your kids to view you as the hero. And this one way that he figured out to be the hero, get the money for the farm, you know, save the day, uh, he pretty much knew he, he wasn't going to make it. Um, and I, I think he did, he knew that almost from the start. Um, but he so wanted to, to get his son, to see him in a different light, I, th- I think it totally changed the story. Um, I thought Russell Crowe was hands down the best uh, actor in this movie. Um, to portray somebody who is just gut-wrenchingly evil, but yet had a moral compass. You know, he says he doesn't, but he I don't think he ever killed anybody that didn't deserve it. Right? Uh, I would agree with that. Even even when you yeah. hear the the stories of, you know, you killed my brother. Well, didn't your brother do this or this or this? And 
And every single person he put under his gun or knife was pretty rotten to the core, except for, you know, what ended up being the end. Um, you know, he, he, he did not kill the people that didn't deserve to be killed. And um, I'm still, and maybe you guys can help me out with the ending. I'm kind of a little bit with you there, Andrew, in terms of, I know he was pissed off at, at his, his posse <laughs> killing, killing the father at the yeah. very end. But the reason he kills all of them, totally, I don't quite understand. Um, did any of you get more of a why on that? Because I'm still, after two times, I'm still not 100% sure Here. why. Uh, Andrew, you want to jump in? Because if not, I'm going to. Well, no, I was just going to say, I, I think that it goes back to your first statement about these these people are they deserve what they get basically and i kind of listening to you say that i kind of look at him as a grim reaper type figure now hmm yeah i could see that and he i mean to, to the point that and there, this is based on a short story um and maybe there's more in the story about what happens and what's going on but, and it can't be a coincidence that his gun is called the hand of God. Um, <laughs> and so maybe, so maybe there is some truth to that, that maybe he is kind of a grim reaper. I took it in a different route. I took it simply that this man is the boss of a gang, right? And when you're the boss of a gang, you don't have friends, right? You have people that work for you. And the only way that works is fear, right? Because you can... You can control them because either you're the strongest or you're the best, you know, whatever, or, um, or you have someone that's willing to do whatever it takes for you. In this case, Charlie Prince. Yeah. But along the route of this journey, right? Because this movie almost plays out less like a, we're trying to take a prisoner to a place and almost more like a, like a, a like a bonding road trip kind of a movie. Yes, right? With just lots of violence along the way that I think there's a point in which they, that Russell Crowe considers um, Dan's character, or, uh, you know, Christian Bale's character, his friend, his true friend. Because they have, they have a conversation when they're waiting at the, at the hotel at the end where the both of them reveal something very true about each other, right? You know, Christian Bale talks about how his father was killed or something, and, and his mother left him at the train station and gave yep. him nothing but a Bible. And, and and Christian Bale, you know, eventually reveals, under the course the weight of his hands, uh, Russell Crowe is getting ready to chuck him out, that he lost his leg due to friendly fire because he was retreating. And... Yep. And Russell Crowe, I don't think takes pity. I don't think it's pity in that moment. I think it's okay. You know what? Under Your life has been shit, and you got a kid that's dying of tuberculosis, and that's why you're on this little awful little farm. And you got a good wife, and you got a son that loves you and respects you. You know what? I'm gonna help you get. I'm gonna help you with this. Now, in fairness, he could have jumped out of the window and been like, "Hey, stop the shooting!" Like. This is happening, right? Yeah. 
We're going to walk to the train, and that's it, right? No more of the shooting. No more almost getting me killed and getting my man here killed, right? This is what's going to happen. He doesn't do that, and so... And it wouldn't make it for a very exciting movie if he had. So when, when Charlie kills him, I think he feels genuine remorse, probably for the first time in his life, hmm. that he feels true sadness at the loss of a human, another human. And, and that rage manifests itself towards Charlie Pierce. I mean, that's why he empties his gun into his team and then pulls Charlie's gun and then finishes him off with his own gun. He was, yeah. he was, it was true rage yeah. in that moment because I think, Oh, go ahead. Because here's the, here's a man who is one of literally only like three people in the entire movie who are doing the right thing for the right reason. Yeah. Yep. He extorted Russell Crowe out of some money earlier in the, in the movie for the right reason, just to help his family. And then he risked his life. And at the end of the movie, he even upped the stakes. Okay, you're not going to pay me 200 bucks. You're going to walk to my wife and hand her $1,000 cash. And he says, I promise you I'll do it. He's like, okay. 1000 bucks back then, she's set for a long time. Yeah, for a very long time. So that's kind of why I feel, Sam, that yeah. he turned. And I in the original movie... He that um, Dan's character lives. Yeah, I saw that too. But that's, I mean, that's fifth. When was that one made? 50, 57. They're not going to kill off the good guy. Those no, movies. they're not. Um, and I, and of course, and the ending then ends with him whistling for his horse. And the horse goes chasing after the. I train. thought that was silly until I realized that's how the first movie ended. Well, yeah, and and basically, it's it's them letting us know he's not going to be on that train for long. He all he did was meet his bargain. Yeah, that right. they got him on the train, and that way, uh, Christian Bale's wife and family will benefit from the the money. And then, yeah. and then if he escapes along the way to Yuma, well, that's not his fault. That's not Russell Crowe's fault. He did his job. Yeah. So, it, it was again once again Russell Crowe being a decent human being. A genuine, yeah. decent human being. And I guess that's why I loved it. There was so much gray area to his character. Mm-hmm. But yet, when he when he kills somebody, I mean, it's like an animal is let loose. Yeah. It's, uh, it's savagery. Yeah. I mean, he killed a dude with a fork. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then laid down and sang the song he was singing. Right. And... And, and admittedly, and I, Corny mentioned in his message letting us know that he wasn't going to participate tonight. He said, man, if I had been a Christian, I would have shot that guy as soon as I saw him and walked away. But uh, he gave those, those good guys lots of chances to kill him. I mean, yeah. he stabbed that dude in the neck. And, and they all just like, no, let's just go to sleep. Actually, no, I think they leave at that point, right? That's when they said, okay, now we're, we're going to ride at night. And then <laughs> old man, what shot in the gut guy, starts talking bad about his mom. So he throws him off a cliff. Whew. Yep. Right. Uh, I and mean, that's got to be rough, right? You survive a gut shot, but then you get thrown off a cliff. Uh, and that's when <laughs> Percy Jackson shows up to kind of Percy Jackson ex machina twice in this movie, actually. Yeah. Um. I mean, shoot, I did, I did not realize that you could use cattle. This is the second time in a movie we've seen cattle used as a weapon slash distraction, not since the rundown. You know, when I watched that scene, I wondered, 
why didn't they just wait and do that in the first place rather than going after the coach and wasting a lot of their men, which I guess goes back to your statement about they're, these aren't friends of his. They're just people that work for him. Right. Well, I will say I, I, I was, if there's one thing I was disappointed in, in this movie, it was the, the shootouts and the mega gun scenes. When you started trying to get to all the action, they suddenly turned it, the the villagers and the bad guys turned into stormtroopers and couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. Well, eighteen um, eighties weapon technology wasn't exactly great either. I mean, let's yeah, be fair. but when there's thirty guns firing, yeah, I know. And there was several times where they literally had them dead to rights, 10, 15 feet away, firing at them point blank with nothing in the way. And they're missing. Yeah, I, I I hear what you're saying. And again, and I've never fired one of those kind of revolvers. I've I've fired modern day revolvers, but not one of those. But you got to also remember, like back then, men at least they're portrayed in the movies. I guess they did in real life. I don't know. They didn't aim. Everything was from the hip. Everything was quick fire. Like no one ever like like actually took a good sh- like like John Wick would kill everyone in that town. <laughs> <laughs> saying you know like I'm just, yeah, so but we knew he would do that anyway, anyway. Yeah. yeah but i mean that that stuff doesn't bother me i don't i don't really care about that kind of stuff i thought the fight scenes were cool and exciting and daring and i mean christian bale i mean he got one in the fake boot and the fake leg and he and that's when you know russell Crowe's like man you got lucky and then he saved him he's like dan he turns that way and he shoots the guy which was just a villager but who cares but um, and I also kind of laughed that um, Ben Foster's character creates a monster that he then has to kill. He tells the yep. town to shoot the people. Well, the town's all trying to get their 200 bucks. And he's like, you need, you're going to shoot the boss. Well, he starts killing off these villagers. <laughs> and it's like, you're the one that created that mess. So, I mean, I guess he's quote unquote cleaning it up, but you know, whatever. Um <laughs> But that was, I mean, I don't know. I, I just, I really appreciated, I don't want to say the humor. And in, in just, I, it's the writing. It's not stupid writing. There are consequences for things. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And everyone's so polite. A lot of sirs and misters. And that's just kind of the way it was back then. There just seems so much, it almost seemed too polite at times. When they're like, when the when Ben Foster's outside saying, "Boss, you up there?" and he says, "What should I say?" Like they let him talk. Like I wouldn't let him talk. No, you don't. You don't get the benefit of talking. But or sit down and eat dinner at your table. Yeah, with your wife and kids. God, no. And then he goes over and cuts up his meat for him. I and I admittedly too. I, I now again, my wife is. She would have noticed this, but someone should have noticed at that table that there was a fork missing. I'm just saying. Like that there was what a fork missing. Oh yeah. I can't imagine that those things are so cheap that it would have gone amiss. You know, I'm, the wife would have gotten up to, to start cleaning, you know, clearing the table and I'm like, Oh, I only, have well, especially one. with a murderer. Right. Who just kind of hit on me. And so, <laughs> well, maybe she did notice and she was thinking, Hey, Take out the husband and come back and see me. I well, I guess he, here's the question too, guys. Um, was Russell Crowe's character trying to find the reason to kill the farmer? 
I don't. I, I, you know I, what I mean? I think there's, a again, there's a moment early in the movie, and maybe it's in the bar. Maybe it's at the very time, the, or the beginning of the movie when they meet him. Again, at the very beginning of the movie, Russell Crowe has every reason to leave him in the, you know, dead. Mm-hmm. To shoot him and say, well, you, you are a witness to my crimes. I should kill you and your son. Any normal bad guy in normal bad guy movies would do that, right? They would kill a bystander. Mm-hmm. And instead, he just says, I'm going to take, you know, put your guns on your horse. I'm going to, I'm going to lock you. I'm going to take your horses so you don't go do anything crazy. They're going to be on the road to Bisbee. Go get your cattle. Like, just go about your day. Again, there's, it, it, literally the entire movie is, is the 30 seconds between Darth Vader picking up the Emperor and chucking him. Right, like it's <laughs> yeah. like it's that whole movie is we're waiting for that moment. Yeah, um, maybe maybe it kind of goes back to what we just talked about about you know in in that time. Yeah, they let the the killer eat dinner at their table with the wife and child, but maybe the killer, you know, maybe he says in his mind, "Well, this you know this guy hasn't done anything to me." So. Right. It's not the mob mentality that yeah. we would expect from a more recent film or a set in more recent times. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And again, he's, you know, Christian Bale's character is trying to show him, you know, respect, at least a, a human amount of respect. I mean, even when he's getting tortured by Luke Wilson, you know, Alan Tudyk's like, that's not humane. I mean, this is a man that you've now seen kill two people, right? Yep. And you're like horribly kill two horribly people. kill two people, and there they are charging him up with a battery, and um, you know, and he's like, "You you shouldn't do that." And he hit him in the face with a you hit me in the face with a shovel. <laughs> um, I liked him; he was great. Um, I didn't take a whole lot of notes because, again, it kind of goes with my theory if I like the movie. And here's what I was supposed to So this is what I was supposed to happen. So I put the movie on, and I'm like, you know, because we're, we're starting the process of moving out of this house, trying to sell the house. And so it's like I got a lot of cleaning I do. I got to pack. and I need to work on the bedroom. So I'll put the TV on, you know, put the movie on the TV in the bedroom, and I'll do some packing. I never, I never got off the bed. I watched this movie. <laughs> I was completely i had to pause the movie um because i actually had a a, um a uh a skype interview with a potential job um in the middle of the movie so i had to it was literally like they just got into the hotel in um contention and um that's when i had to pause it and i was like so i'm doing my interview it was an hour and a half long interview and the whole time in the back of my mind i'm like what's gonna happen what's gonna happen (laughs) So, Getting closer and closer to 310. Yeah. Oh, I saw this piece of trivia. It's kind of dumb, but it made me laugh. If you started this movie at 1.19 p.m., <laughs> then when the train <laughs> arrives at 3.10, it would be 3.10 p.m. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not hard math to do, but it's still kind of cool. Um, did you guys recognize the bar girl by chance? Hocus Pocus. Yes. Yep. That was a childhood crush, so oh, of no, I reckon. no kidding. As soon as I was like, wait a minute, I recognize her. And then she Who, got naked, and I was like, 
Oh my gosh, that's freaking the girl from Hocus Pocus. Holy crap. <laughs> Not that I recognized her when she got naked. I'm just saying, like, uh huh, sure. That's when I realized why how would I know her that? I mean, she's she's a I don't know, you run in, you run into I mean, a lot of people her in our minds yeah, many I, times. I, I, I do run into people, but I did not run into her. I've not met her. Oh, okay. Uh of the four actors I've met in my life. Um, <laughs> it might be more than I'm that, just but. saying. I'm just saying. Uh back to your point, Sam, about the stormtrooper shooting. I will say this. Yeah. Uh he was downright surgical with that shotgun. I'm just saying like <laughs> when Russell Crowe steals the bundle of dynamite and throws it and he says, shoot this. And he one shot while aiming backwards with one hand hits that thing and blows the tunnel. I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> but it's Russell Crowe. No, it was uh Christian Bale. Christian Bale's one that shot Russell Crowe's one that threw the dynamite. So here's uh, the thing. Here's the question. Russell uh, Christian Bale boasts that he was the best shooter in his regiment, right? He was the uh, the third, first Boston regiment sharpshooters, uh, and they were tasked with defending Washington City, Washington D.C. or the city of Washington. And um, and there's a couple of moments where we see him pick up the rifle to shoot someone in the distance, but never does. Do we think that that was part of the lie? Um, or was that he actually legitimately is a good sharpshooter and cause he's able to feed his family with shooting rabbits and whatever, but we never see it is the thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I wondered about that. I didn't know if, you know, he was because of what happened, he was embarrassed and couldn't perform Right, so to speak, or if he legitimately was lying and couldn't really shoot. Right, I kind of wondered. I was kind of hoping that he would be like um, Alan Quartermain from *Leave Extraordinary Gentlemen*, who pulls the rifle out as the guy's running away. He's like, he's like six hundred meters away, and he shoots him and wings him. And uh, that was that the last film that Sean Connery ever did. By the way, a shame. Yeah. It mm-hmm. is. I wanted that movie to be good. Everyone did, and it's yep. not. It's really not. Though his part is actually pretty good in it, but the rest is pretty bad. Um, anyway, it's fine. Uh, couldn't keep his mouth shut. Uh, I already mentioned that. Oh, yeah, okay. So there's a couple other things, that, and, and you and we always talk about in movies when people make bad decisions. There's okay. no reason. So the decoy idea with the stagecoach was clever. I thought it was really clever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like the fact that what's his name? Charlie Prince falls for it, right? It makes him not omniscient bad guy. Yep. Uh, and I appreciated that, but there's no reason to tell the decoy what the actual plan is. Yeah. That wasn't very smart. Like, no, you should have not told them. And yeah, he would have died a horrible death, but he wouldn't have been able to betray the team because he should, he shouldn't have known. That plan mm-hmm. should have been made. Literally, the guy's like, all right, we're going to be the decoys. We know what it means. We know we're, we're, there's a good chance that we're going to die. So don't tell us in case they capture us and torture us. Okay. No problem. Good luck. All right, boss. So. Yeah. Anyway, it's fine. Um, 
I did say, wow, that's cold to shoot three unarmed sheriffs in the movie. Uh, that was that was pretty cold. Not gonna lie. <laughs> um, getting what? Getting by getting the town on side of me. That uh, I have to admit, this is my last note. Uh, I have to admit, Crow helping him makes him one of the most sympathetic bad guys we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I mean, and this is, I mean, when we've seen some good bad guys, like there's bad guys that we've seen recently. And I think that movies are getting better. I know that I know this movie's 11 years old. I think movies are getting better about making the bad guys almost sympathetic and believable. More personable. Yeah. Read completely. Like, but get them. Well, it's, it's the game of Thrones of vacation. Basically, you think that's what it is? Because I don't know. I think it is. I think it's the everybody is loving the the gray area, you know, where someone is not completely evil and not completely good. Right. Yeah. It makes a more compelling story. They're not just the bad guy who's out to get you. Right. Yeah. No, yeah. you're right. I mean, and you look at the like as something as as a simple as looking at. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. The movies with the complex bad guys are the best movies. Winter yep. Winter Soldier, um, um, even Avengers, where Loki is strange and kind of comp. It's it's more than just he's the bad guy who wants to take over the Earth. There's something else happening there. It takes a couple of movies for you to figure that out. But even in that movie, it's not just he's the bad guy. And there's other yeah. ones where, like, like Black Panther, you know, the guy's not just the bad guy. He's he's kind of pissed because he wants a little bit of revenge and there's some other stuff happening. I mean, yeah. when, when you can understand the motives. Yeah. You know, and that's that's the difference. When you can actually relate to the motives of the villain. Um, that was my big, with, with Guardians of the Galaxy, um, the first one, it was... You know, the only reason that movie is so good is not the villain. It's the funny characters that you get to meet. Right. Right. Um, the villain's horrible in that movie. Yeah, he's just, oh, I'm evil and blah, 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 blah. And what that movie makes up for it is having great heroes, really great heroes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you flip it on the other side where in the second movie, I think the villain is better, more interesting, but the movie isn't yes. as good as the first, but... Right, uh, and then back to the same with the Star Wars movies. What makes Darth Vader so interesting is because of the decision he makes in the third or sixth movie. You know, yep. so anyway, bad guys are great. Is the point we're trying to say is that yes. you think uh, Russell Crowe's character was relating at all to the boy? Oh yeah, the son. Oh, yeah. yeah, in this movie. Because I, I thought that might have had a little bit to do with why he was a little more sympathetic to Christian Bell's character. I think Maybe. so. I think so. Because at one point he says he had a fierceness in his eyes that reminded him, and then Christian Bell says, "Don't you dare say you." He says he's he, he's he is he is a better man than you and I will ever be, or something like that. He says something like that, and I think Chris, I think Russell Crowe's character sees that and, and thinks, yeah. Maybe I can save this boy. There's a, re- I think there's another reason why he went and chased, you know, to kill those, those Indians up in the hills, which were terrible shots. Those were, you want to talk about, yeah, yeah, see, right, stormtrooper shots. Good gracious. And you could see, like from the distance, you see them huddling around the fire. Yeah. I, I, how in the heck they missed him at so long? Um, yeah. 
Well, they they were at super long range too. Like you come had complete surprise. If you wanted to kill these white guys, you could probably gotten within thirty feet of them, and mm-hmm. and and whatever. Um, there's a really great line in Dances with Wolves where, um, these uh the I can't remember what tribe they are, but they they see smoke from a campfire and he says only a white man would build a campfire that others could see. <laughs> and that's what they do in this movie. They are clearly in Apache territory, and yet they build a freaking bonfire. Uh-huh. Um, let's let's make sure the entire county knows where we are. So, um, I think that scene would have been better had they bone tomahawked it right there. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, bone Split tomahawk. the wishbone, right? Ugh. Yep. Oh, that still hurts just thinking about it. <laughs> ah. Go watch Bone Tomahawk if you haven't. <laughs> um yeah that's it that's all my notes yeah um, I, it go see it folks if you're into westerns you'll really like this one yeah no kidding it's it's really good it it might be ranking up there on one of my favorite westerns um we've done westerns top three westerns before on the podcast i can't remember what i would rank my number one now yeah. as my favorite western Wild Wild West, I'm it, pretty sure is what you said. It might be this one, and it might be, and I know a couple of y'all didn't like it. I liked Magnificent Seven. I really did. I had a the good, new one. Yeah, no. I had a good time. I see. I never saw the original. I um, think mine would go Ridiculous Six, Magnificent Seven, Hateful Eight. Six, seven, eight. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> oh, uh, thank you, Andrew. That was great. Uh, the the math of uh, of of the, the math of westerns. Yeah, the math. eight. Sorry, I just you just gave me the title for this episode. Um, Next one's going to be called the Naughty Nine. No. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's about some uh, naughty dancers. Well, that had enough of. Europe. <laughs> okay. Oh. And then, um, and then what's the tenth one? Right, it's got to be um, the tenth uh, tribe. Pen, the tenth uh, uh, um, teller and pins ten. No, um, anyway, tenth tomahawk. Tenth tomahawk. Ten tomahawks. Tomahawk ten times ten. I don't know. And then of course, then you get into oceans eleven, twelve, and thirteen. So <laughs> just keep on going. Um, Back to the future three is in there somewhere. Do I? Oh yeah. Yeah, Back to the Future Three was in there. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, that would be before Ridiculous Six, I guess. We still need to find four and five somehow. Yep. Uh, the Fantastic Four, and uh, no, anyway. Uh, are you ready for some clips? I guess some clips. Sure. Yes, let's um, do it. Not very many, just a few. Here we go. Maybe. God damn it. And I've been told. Jesus See the hand of God? What's that? His pistol. Why the hell didn't you do something? They had a lot of weapons, mister. <laughs> and they were shooting bullets. Let's go. We're wasting time. <laughs> I like his delivery. <laughs> He's crazy, but I liked his delivery. Uh, number two. The doctor is... Uh, nah, he's a veterinarian. What the f- Got a doctor, right? <laughs> anyway, it's nice to have a conversation with the patient for a change. 
Hey, he got that bullet out of the belly pretty pretty easily. Yeah, he did. Oh. It was pretty quick. Without anesthesia, which they had yeah. back then. They had anesthesia, but um, yeah, she was working working in the bar that night. Yeah, yeah. She's playing the piano yeah. and doing the dancing and the thing. Yeah. Um I didn't mean to when I was watching the movie and I, I I always take notes of when I want to pull an audio clip. I didn't do it then, but uh I was when I was skipping ahead from that clip, this one caught my ear, I guess, and so I wanted to make sure I, I got it. But so here so here's my point. My point is is that I didn't catch it the first time. <laughs> is when the the sheriff is saying, "Okay, I need people, right?" And he says, and "It's in the clip." And he says, "You can go with him. We're gonna, you can have such and such." And he Russell Crowe says, "Good." He's talking about um, the big tall guy, the blob from X Wolverine. I didn't notice the first time that he said "good," because I think in that moment he's like, "Oh, now I'm gonna get a chance to kill you." So uh, here's the clip um, where I, what I just talked about. I need three more men. You can have Tucker. Good. I'm coming. I only need one. You're wounded, Mr. McElroy. I rode in here. Sure as hell can ride out. He goes. Potter's coming. What? (laughs) So I now have... What? And now for some more... (laughs) That's hard to do. Because it's such a fast clip. But I now have... What? from, From now on. There you go. What? Um... But yeah, I like that part when he says, "You can have Tucker." Good, and he, Tucker looks at him like, "Wait, what?" Like well, that. you got to think too. Back, I mean, I can see how, especially as crazy as that guy was, if you kill an outlaw like this person, you're you're a legend. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know. So, uh, another funny line from Alan Tudyk. Saloons just overflowing with cattle drivers and road agents, prospectors, gunslingers, gamblers, and women. Women will do things to you you'll never forget. They give you disease you'll never forget. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Thanks, Doc. I love it. It was great. And, of course, I had to get this line. Who are you? What's it to you? Ben Wade killed my brother. And your brother must be famous. You boys. Some kind of... I hate posses. There you go. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's it. Uh, here we go. Yeah, that's it. And now for some more bad news. Ready? A little trivia. Um, All right. You know how usually in the trivia there's always like. Such and such and such and such were gonna be the in the movie. Yeah. Well, that's they usually it's like thirty different actors. In this case, it was only one other one, and it was originally it was gonna be Tom Cruise playing the Russell Crowe part. Wow. And Tom Cruise, yeah, he backed out, and so then they cast Russell Crowe. Yeah. Uh, and then Russell Crowe recommended Christian Bale. Um, <laughs> Christian Bale's part was gonna be played by Eric Bano. Um, didn't didn't I read somewhere too where it was Alan Tudyk was was also recommended by Russell Crowe or yeah. somebody? Yeah, Russell Crowe was like, you should get Tudyk to do the Doctor, which I think is great because I don't know if they've worked together before, but yeah, um, I think that's great. Again, I want him in all things, and he's yes. part, he's, and he's in all Disney animated studios things right now. So 
Um, yeah, he's turning into the Cheers guy for Pixar. Yeah, he's uh, John Ratzen- Ratzenberger. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a little known fact that uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, the short, dark bearded man whom the direct who the doctor hits in the face with the shovel, the face with the shovel, is the in the tunnels is the weapons expert for the film. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Uh, it's exactly 10 minutes past in the movie between the clock striking three and the arrival of the train. That's actually kind of cool. That's actually really cool. I like that movies can do that. Hey, uh, I brought you my gun to use in your movie. Can I, can I be in your movie? Can I get you in the face with a shovel? Yeah, I reckon it won't be the first time. <laughs> this week. <laughs> <laughs> that that's actually not all that surprising, honestly. The western that I worked on, uh, our gunsmith, you you could have put him in the movie, also. I mean, he looked the part. He he looked the part. Like he he wasn't clean shaven. He wasn't like a full beard like this guy. He just kind of had that that like five day scruff. And like if you would have put him in like a vest, you could have. I could have totally seen him as like saloon owner kind of guy. Um. So anyway, this guy was like mountain, mountain hills, but like those are probably, I mean, all those guns are his, like whenever you have a weapons expert like that, those means that those are his weapons and he's <laughs> renting them to the movie production. And like every single one in the movie. I would bet. Wow. Or, or maybe, cool. maybe it's an arsenal. I mean, it is an arsenal and maybe not that many. Maybe he only has a couple that are his, uh, mm-hmm. but maybe they brought him on to teach people how to pull back the hammer and shoot, how to. If you're going to uncock the gun, how to do it, things like that. Although I did see a part in one of the standoffs where one of the, the bad cowboys there were um, was holding the gun sideways like a gangster. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. That's I was like, funny. oh, come on. That's funny. Uh, warned about the pain of surgery, McElroy tells Doc Potter that it's not the first time he's been shot. Real life, Peter Fonda accidentally shot himself in the stomach when he was 10. You cut out on that one. Say that again. Oh, uh, warned Sorry. about that's fine. Warned about the pain of surgery. McElroy tells Doc Potter that it's not the first time he's been shot in real life. Peter Fonda accidentally shot himself in the stomach when he was 10. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I totally thought he was a goner. I thought it was a gut shot left for dead. Usually, yeah, a gut yeah. shot is one of the worst types of deaths I've, I've heard. Right. And he walked it mm-hmm. off. They put some dirt in and he walked it off. So <laughs> that's impressive. Um, and then he gets killed by gravity. Uh, but but after hearing his story, kind of deservedly killed. Oh gosh, yeah, yeah, he was an a hole. I didn't again. I I didn't. No one in the movie I felt bad for died except Christian Bale. Yeah, and um, and 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 like I got it. I I felt the emotion, but more from the Russell Crowe side than the William side, the mm-hmm. boy side. And I know that sounds weird, but like. He got to see his father finally fully succeed in life at, at, yeah. at this thing. Russell Crowe lost his only friend. You know, like there's something yeah. there's something weird about that for me personally. I don't know why. Anyway. Excuse me while I whip this out. Speaking of Westerns. Top three. So we decided to do hired guns because everyone in this movie is basically a hired gun. So... um. That's such a broad topic. So basically, hired gun slash contract killer is kind of what's probably going to happen. Because in my movie, 
Well, in my movie, one of the one of the movies, the the contract is a bad guy. Um, but I tried to get people that were good guys, but that they're kind of hard to find sometimes. Uh, Andrew. Yeah, I had kind of had trouble with this one, so hopefully mine are okay. Um, I'm gonna have an uh, honorable mention, or if one of my top three is not satisfactory, then maybe I can move this honorable mention up. But my honorable mention is from the movie Horrible Bosses, Mother Effer <laughs> Jones. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, I loved Horrible Bosses. Yeah, nice. Okay. Much. Um. <laughs> Number three, I had the T eight hundred from Terminator. Who? I don't know. I wouldn't. If we I wouldn't technically count that because I don't know that he was hired. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that he's just he's a robot. So he's just a he's program. Built, yeah, built to kill. Yeah, I would. Okay. I would. I would bump in your uh, horrible bosses. Uh, out okay. Of well, that. we'll put that in number three then. Uh, number two, Jules from Pulp Fiction. Sure. Ah, nice. Okay. And then number one. Jimmy the Tulip Tedeschi. There you go. The whole nine yards. <laughs> so I'm going to back up one because Sam and I had this awkward, not awkward, this really weird conversation just the other day. So you, you mentioned your, your buddy from Pulp Fiction who goes to France and orders a Royale with cheese. Yeah. So McDonald's has been advertising oh. <laughs> these new burgers, these new quarter pounders with the new fresh beef and they're cooked to order. I had one the other day. Holy crap, it changed my life. McDonald's can make a good hamburger. Yeah, they're pretty good. Oh my gosh, it was no, it's better than pretty good. Like, in my opinion, <laughs> it's the best fast food burger you can buy. Again, fast food. You know, your five guys is not fast food, right? I call that kind of quick fare. Five guys, your Freddy's shake the steak burgers and custard, your your steak and shakes. That's a different level. That's a different level of burger. Of your Wendy's and your Burger King, your McDonald's, your... Now, if you're listening that are, and are not from the area that we're in, I haven't had a, a Whataburger in years, and I loved it. Um, and in and a out, what? Uh, what? I, no, don't listen to me. Okay. In-N-Out Burger? In-N-Out, I haven't... I've never... In-N-Out, uh, it's been a long time since I've had an In-N-Out. The McDonald's burger was really good. Okay. It's been a long time since I've had an in and out too. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was uh, about 30 minutes before the show. Merry, <laughs> Mary joke. Joking. Uh, I thought you said you don't like. Never mind. Um, <laughs> oh. oh my gosh. Sam, you're top three. All right. I've got a. Um, Honorable mention for I, I don't know remember the names I'm I'm not as good as Andrew um, smoking aces as uh, an honorable mention sure uh, my number three would be the Tom Hanks character in Road to Perdition oh yeah yeah that's a good movie my number two is they shot me in the fish from Fargo <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then um, give me Vincent from Pulp Fiction as my number one okay I like how you you each picked the different one. <laughs> Vincent was the guy who died in the toilet, right? That was Vincent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would have gone with Samuel L. Jackson's character. Uh my number three is a movie called Last Man Standing with Bruce Willis. It's like um Oh yeah. It's not modern day because it's during prohibition, but it's like a nineteen twenties version of a Western. 
Um, same thing. Forgot about that one. Number number two is the Jackal, also with Bruce Willis and Richard Gere. Weren't you like a big Bruce Willis guy at one point? Yeah, there was a time where I watched everything he was in, and then I, frankly, when the last Die Hard came out and it looked so bad, I refused to see it. That's kind of where I stopped. Nice. Um, I still haven't seen the fifth one yet. Um. So yeah, number two is the Jackal. And I don't tell my wife, but that's where I got the name Declan from my son was from that movie. <laughs> um, Richard Gere's character is named Declan. And my number one is Magnificent Seven. Really? Well, they're all hired guns. And again, yeah. I really like that movie a lot. So, um, I'm yeah. sorry you're wrong, but you know. Again, I've not seen the first one, so I don't have a comparison. But as far <laughs> as other westerns go, it, I think it, it holds up. I think it ranks up pretty well. Um, I mean, I think maybe either Wyatt Earp or Tombstone's probably my favorite. And I've mentioned this before. I've been to Tombstone, Arizona, where they have the little the little kind of touristy town of Tombstone, and they do the shootout in the OK Corral. And I asked, when I was there, I asked locals, which one's your favorite movie, Wyatt Earp or Tombstone? And they said, Wyatt, um, Kevin Costner is a better Wyatt Earp, but Tombstone is a better movie. So if you could replace... Kevin Costner with Kurt Russell, that's the that's the best possible scenario. Yeah, I've heard that too. So anyway, that's uh that's my that's my movie. Um that's the show, folks. That's it. Uh we're gonna do out of ten now. And Corny saw the movie, but he didn't send his his top his top or is that a ten? Hmm. Uh he probably fell asleep. Um Poor kids all tuckered out. Oh, he said he'd give it a seven. So he said seven or so. So I'm going to give him a seven. I don't know what or so means, um, but he liked it. So Generally, Andrew, point three. he said point three. That what or so stands for is point three. <laughs> Andrew, you're uh, out of ten. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, this is the time of the episode where it happened too. Is when I was looking for you for your top three, and you oh, were yeah. nowhere to be found. Snoring <laughs> in the microphone. I, I remember actually thinking to myself, I can close my eyes and still pay attention and listen. <laughs> and I was surprised because again, you don't listen with headphones. You just have it, you know, through your speakers. And I'm sitting here screaming, Andrew! I'm like, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't wake you up. <laughs> no, I was out. But you said you took medicine. I, yeah, I did. I had taken some Sudafed, and uh, I was not feeling well, and I was very tired, and I just was out like a light. Sure. And I woke up about, uh, I don't know, an hour or two later, and <laughs> I still had my laptop in my lap, and it said the call has ended on my screen. and <laughs> Corny thought, thought about. Well, Corny said, "If I had nothing to do tomorrow, he said he was going to stay on the call and turn his camera on. So if he woke up, his face was the first you'd see." <laughs> <laughs> Just staring at you. All right, what's your out of ten, sir? Out of ten, I liked the movie. I thought, uh, like I said, it's one of the better westerns that I've seen in a while. Uh, now I'm sure I would get some pushback from the older generation who has seen the Clint Eastwood movies and the John Wayne movies. And 
uh, Quigley Down Under and all these other things. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's a like blast it. from a past. Yeah, with Alan Rickman, the bad guy. Yeah. Nice. Uh, so anyway, I, for me, this is this is up there as far as westerns go. I'm going to say a seven point five. Okay. Well, no, let's kick it up a little more. Seven point eight. All right. Take it up a notch. Bam. 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 There you go. Here's a callback. Sam. I uh, I gotta agree with Andrew. One of the better westerns I've ever seen. Enjoy it on so many levels. Still enjoy it after the second time. Uh, give me a 7.89 out of 10. Okay. Um, and I'm with you guys. I really liked it. I'm looking back at my Magnificent 7 uh, scoring, and I gave that one a 7.99. So oh, wow. I'm going to give this one an 8.1. Oh, you liked bit, it better than Magnificent? I, I did. I did like this one better. I think, again, that one's just kind of more fun to watch, but mm-hmm. this one is just a better movie. Um, so, so there you go. Speaking of, um, the opposite of better movies, we're watching a movie next week called Gamer. <laughs> it is a, um, what's his name? The guy who I like, um, played. Benedict Cumberbatch. No, he played. Joe Pesci. Um, Gerard Butler. Uh, and, next and the idea is that like in the future, video games have gotten so powerful that they actually use humans as the avatar and people control them. Um, what we don't do that now with, I thought, I thought that's what Fortnite was about. That's yeah. And I didn't realize it, but Logan Lerman kid, what played Percy Jackson is also in that movie. He is the guy who's controlling Gerard Butler. Oh, um, so that's, so actually- we're, we're doing a, uh, what's his name? Percy Jackson suite here. Yeah, we are. Now I thought about this, earlier today and Sam you're going to be m- missing part of the the next two episodes after that. Yeah. You're going to be gone and I think we're going to get my brother-in-law JP to fill in which which would be cool. <laughs> um and those movies coming up are going to be uh The Siege of Jatville which I think you Ooh, I I'm the one that recommended it. You recommended yeah. it, so I'm going to move that farther back so okay. that we don't we don't miss that opportunity with you. Um, so the movie after that, well, I don't know. I need to, I need to play with the list because now we're getting, actually, I know. Uh, all right. So after gamer, we're going to do evolution. And then after evolution, we're going to do wanted. And then that'll bring you back for, is that the Angelina Jolie wanted? Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. I like okay. The curvy bullets movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The curvy um, women. So then I was I was on Amazon as I was looking at um, looking for three ten to you might and realized that they have all three Indiana Jones movies. Mm-hmm. Would it be kind of cool to do all three in a row? Marathon? Would yeah, would that be something to do? Like, it'd the, be interesting to see because how when was the first one versus the last one? Uh, they're they're probably good eight nine years apart. Um, yeah, they're they're ways apart. It'd be interesting to see if that if it feels right if you watch them back to back to back. So Indiana Jones and the you know it's not like Lord of the Rings that was filmed year one year two year three year you know this was I can't find the first one. The Temple of Doom was eighty four. Last Crusade was eighty nine. Where's the first one? Uh, Indiana Jones. 
80. And the, where is it? 80. Last Crusade, Temple Dude, Crystal Skull. Untitled Indiana Jones Project 2020. Yeah. The Young Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones and the Crown of Thorns. What is that? I like the Young Indiana Jones, or Chronicles of Indiana Jones, whatever that was. I rather enjoyed that. Last Crusade, Temple of Doom. Raiders of Lost Ark was 81. So 81. they're eight yeah. years apart from first to... We're not counting Crystal Skull. We don't We don't speak of that. No, let's, please don't make me watch that. I'm not no, going to make you guys watch that. <laughs> I mean, I guess we could, right? We could make it a whole month of Indiana Jones movies. No, let's leave that one out. Okay. That's <laughs> right, fine. I don't think Harrison Ford counts that one, so we're not going to count it. Yeah. Anyway. That's pretty bad. Weird. All right, that's it. So that's our show. Um, so next week we're going to do Gamer... Uh, and then Sam's going to be on a little vacation kind of a thing, and we're going to see what happens with some other logistics of the show. Uh, in the meantime, you can check out... Oh, I guess I'm supposed to hit her outro music, otherwise I won't stop the show. Um, <laughs> we'll fix it in post. Oh, I was supposed to play this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? Okay, yeah, I played it. Um, fix it in post, yeah. That almost never happens. Um <laughs> Can't fix stupid. Um, no. What was I going to say? I was going to say, direct your attention to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash cheap seat reviews, where right now that's the only place that you're going to get any yeah. kind of information again. Because um, Sean won't let me put it anywhere. Uh, what? You want to <laughs> give some context to that statement? <laughs> data. Data, Sean. You mean get the, mind you mean the website? Yeah, uh, yeah, it's not that. Put it wherever you want. We just don't have money to to pay for a hosting site right now. It's, it's not 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 uh, in the budget. Um, so anyway, that's the facebook.com slash cheap reviews. Follow us on Twitter at cheap seat cast. Uh, you can send us your emails to cheap reviews at gmail.com. You should. Um, have you checked that in a while? I, I check it every day. It, you know, oh, okay. Uh, I was actually curious today as when was the last time we actually got a user email? Um, Three years ago. It's it's been it's been, been a while. A, it's been a minute. I'm just gonna say it's been a minute. Um, uh, the last one the last one we got was April 29th, 2017. So yeah, a year. Wow. Uh, so anyway, that's it. That's the show. Um, sorry, I got I got distracted by the emails that I was reading again. So on behalf of Corny, this is Andrew saying and Sean saying this is uh, thank you for listening and we'll see you next week.